0: Welcome to this week's Smallscast podcast. This podcast is designed for small government contractors, service providers, and manufacturers as part of the government contractor ecosystem, connecting people, organizations, and resources. I'm your host, Just Nate, and this week um, we have something a little different. Uh, we are actually bringing something, somebody in, um, out of not only out of state, but out of country. Uh, we have the co-founder and vice president of experimental learning from Ripen, Mr. Dave Savory. Welcome, Dave.
1: Hey Nate, good to be here. Thanks
0: yes. for having me. Well, cool. So first of all, what's the weather like?
1: Uh, I'm sitting in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It is—I uh, don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. It's probably 10 degrees Celsius, so I don't know, 40 or so. Well, it's uh, not too overcast. Going to be sunny this weekend, and uh, yeah, lots of snow in the mountains.
0: Okay. So well, so we get we probably get around the same weather. So just. You got yeah, probably get colder.
1: To, you know, Seattle weather. It gets rainy in the city, but then once you get out of the city, up in the mountains, it's, uh, it's snow. Okay.
0: Well, Dave, so we got introduced. Um, I don't remember how we got introduced. I think uh, Dennis reached out. We were looking for um, people, uh, part of colleges, for internships and uh, kind of like incubators type things. So I think we had found Ripen that way. So why don't you tell us what Ripen is? And, and honestly, I, I want to hear the story. I hear you guys have a great story about how you uh, co-founded Ripen. So I'd love to hear all about it. So I'll let you take it over. Uh, tell us what Ripen is first. And then I, I want to get into the story about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Ripen, we're, just to give you a sense of where we, where we are in our journey, Ripen, we're just over eight years old as an organization. We have a team of about 100 people now in the US and Canada, very mission driven, very focused on working with academic and industry partners who want to create authentic work integrated learning opportunities for for students and for learners. And so in itself, we're a a platform that is really focused on removing barriers to creating uh, more inclusive, more accessible uh, work based learning collaborations between learners and businesses. So, we have about 100, we've now surpassed 120,000 students in the US and Canada who've connected to primarily small and medium businesses on projects that they're doing as part of their curriculum. So, the whole idea is instead of doing uh, projects on a case or something theoretical for for your courses that you're taking in in college, um, why not actually connect to real world businesses and work on on projects that are, are, are facing, are keeping business owners up at night. Uh, for course credit. Uh, So we're working with about 400 higher education institutions, colleges, universities, uh, all types of different programs, engineering, business, data science, technology. Um, And from those programs, we have about 7,000 professors, educators, who teach courses who are using our system every semester um, to basically promote their course and connect to businesses. Uh, so the product, it's free for businesses. We have over 20,000 businesses now who are on the platform and posting projects. So you can go to app.ripen.com and actually see what types of projects businesses are posting, what types of courses are available. And basically the whole idea is to help make it really easy to connect uh, the two parties to create those experiences for the learners.
0: Okay, so let me let me get this straight. So just to break it down, it, it, it's really... A university will contact you guys, right, saying, hey, we've got a MBA program, right, Uh, MBA class that's looking for a project um, as part of their maybe capstone course or something like that, Um, and then a company would go on, and you can search specifically for, like, MBA students, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so we're academic-driven, so we partner. That's how we kind of stay in business, and our revenue model is through uh, licenses with academic programs who want to be really driving and, and growing these types okay. of real-world opportunities. And so it all kind of starts with the, the academic programs. They go on and basically post exactly what you just described, like, hey, I'm teaching a MBA consulting course. We're looking for 20 projects from industry Uh, from September to December, they kind of put all the information around the types of skills, the types of projects they're looking for, uh, the timeline, the expected deliverables, the commitments that an industry partner might have to understand and kind of agree to to support it. And then basically they put that into our marketplace, kind of like Airbnb, where you're posting uh, a rental unit and essentially on the other side, businesses can sign up and actually use our templates to post projects and then customize projects in a way that are designed to be embedded into those programs.
0: Okay. So it's kind of starts, it sounds like it starts with the university reaching out to you.
1: Yeah. So, well, the universities use our platform, so you can go on the, the there's a marketplace element to it that you don't need an account or anything to, um, to go in and, and see the ecosystem. So you can go in and search for very specific subject matters or categories like IT, uh, digital marketing, SEO, branding, whatever it may be, and you can, as a business owner, you can find academic programs who have opportunities that are are accepting kind of applications, and the whole idea is once their course is in the marketplace uh, and a company posts their projects, we're trying to help make it easy to connect, and what's really cool is we're seeing um, companies in, small, in, in certain parts of the country doing collaborations with students on the other side of the country and working on these remote projects, which is really exciting. Sure,
0: and then Full disclosure, we signed up for multiple projects. Um, I've signed up under the the smalls um, for the nonprofit work, right? Uh, It always looks good to have some nonprofit work on your resume. Uh, Hint, hint, those people out there. Uh, (laughs) And uh, we also signed up for our own business. Um, We do a lot of hiring our heroes here at the company that Dennis and I both work for. Um, We do a lot of internships. And we do a lot of um, apprenticeship programs as well we're starting up apprenticeship programs now the same way so the the idea behind this uh, now you said the the business model is essentially the the educational institute kind of comes to you guys right It's part of your platform so pay it's a it's paid for by the education side um, Is there any cost yeah. at all to the uh, the companies that are looking for uh, people to help out or
1: no, it's uh, free to sign up for companies. that can post as many projects as they like. Um, uh, we really recognize, we used to actually charge subscription fees to companies, uh, and that was one of our first ways uh, we monetized Ripen as we were building it over the last seven, eight years. Um, but when the pandemic hit uh, in 2020, um, we recognized the demand on our academic side just went through the roof. And at the time, our revenue was about 50-50 between the academic and industry side and we really recognize that in order to be able to serve as a social impact company we're really focused on how do we help learners get these types of opportunities to really help them with building their their network building their skills building their experience that they can use to leverage to 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 transition into meaningful careers we really recognize that if projects from industry were a scarce resource we'd be really limited in our ability to bring on more academic programs so we started testing a freemium uh, offer, like removing the paywall. We used to have a subscription model for businesses, um, and it 10, 12x the number of employers that were signing up every month, every quarter. Uh, and and we pretty soon realized that that was the way to go in terms of supporting our academic programs. And so we, we've made that move permanent. That's a that's not going coming back anytime soon. So um, and it's really improved our ability to match uh, educators um, with businesses uh in a more efficient and timely way so um sorry what was the other question there well i was
0: just wondering um do you guys um help the matchmaking or is it just university goes out and looks and says hey I, I got you know three companies to apply for this team that i have here um now i have to now the university interacts with those teams to pick the right one or do you guys have a, a hand in that as well or
1: we do, yeah. We have an employer partnerships team as well as a academic kind of account management team that is doing a bit of that kind of manual matchmaking to help support certain uh, programs. The platform itself also has um, some matchmaking capabilities in terms of kind of keywords around categories and, and, and data points of, around skills that a company is looking for or that an educator is um, teaching their students. So the platform will also make recommendations and help with kind of matching content from uh, if I'm a business owner, I post a digital marketing project. Once you're in the app, you will start to see recommendations for digital marketing courses that educators are actively looking for um, for for companies to apply to. So it's a bit of a hybrid, but um, yeah, it's it's a new and kind of evolving space. So a lot of our partners, both on the academic and industry side, uh, this is a new way for them to engage versus kind of a traditional job board, recruiting, hiring, uh, internship type of model. So there is still a bit of that uh, hybrid matchmaking that we are, are supporting.
0: Now, are they, is this a chance where maybe that they could uh, get a job afterwards too? I mean, are, I mean, are, are most of the learners, are, are these students in their junior, senior year mostly that are doing these programs or what, is that, what does that look like? Yeah. On the side?
1: It's across the board. Um, we, we do definitely see typically um, schools starting with kind of more uh, like third year, fourth year. We work with a lot of master's programs as well, uh, extension programs, kind of continuing education, adult education. So learners who are uh, reskilling or transitioning into a new industry and looking to get experience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the nice thing about the collaboration is when you think of kind of a traditional internship apprenticeship type of program like a business is essentially hiring and bringing on a new team member even though they might be still a student but in terms of kind of support and managing them and and making sure they're they're effective it is like bringing on a full-time team member and and really not every business is always able to do that from a capacity and and bandwidth standpoint so there's no requirement for a business to be hiring uh, to engage in projects obviously there's dozens of projects as a, as a small business uh, operator or owner that are happening all the time and being able to use this as a resource to move some of those projects forward without having the commitment to um, hire it is a really kind of new, flexible, and more kind of inclusive way to be doing those projects. From the student side, um, anecdotally, uh, that is the whole point is helping learners be more employable and figure out kind of the career pathway that they want to be um going down in order to uh, land one of those um full-time type of placements but our our whole goal is when we work with academic leaders is to like figure out how do we get these projects embedded earlier and more frequently into a learner's education journey so they're not just waiting until their very last semester to get their first kind of element of work real world work experience they're actually getting these micro kind of project-based opportunities uh, throughout their journey, and they're stacking these different experiences, so they can start to really build up that portfolio that's going to help them either land an opportunity with one of those employers that they did a project with, or leverage that book of experience to um, to to become and to land their first job when they graduate.
0: Well, I I think it's a great program. I mean, thinking back in the days when I was in school, I would have loved to had something like this as an opportunity while in college to to sign up for something like that. It was back in my day. It was on us because you didn't start this many years ago. You started eight years ago. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a good idea, um, especially with four hundred different universities and colleges and and others that you you guys work with. Uh, that really gives a, a wide range of things out there to work on. I would say one of the best things that I like about it is for those people that might have internal projects, but you don't have IRAD funds or something like that, or or whatever that may be. And IRADs, for those of you guys that don't know out there, that's internal research and development. So let's say, I don't know, let's say you need a, your, your web page updated. One of the things I've, I've looked out on your guys' website was I just go put a project out there that, hey, I'm looking for somebody to update my resume, or sorry, my, my website. Um, and I'm looking for three or four people to help manage it. Here's the languages that we're currently using. Um, and that's kind of how I would say this is my project, right? I just here's what I'm looking for. As a small business or nonprofit or whatever I am, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a marketing team to help me move into a new market or market for the very first time. I'm a startup. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Um, who better to do that than people who are learning about that right now, um, especially if it's their senior year, senior project capstone, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's great for both parties,
1: I think. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate that. Mary, uh, thank you for that. That's, uh, I, I'm biased, but I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: let's see. Um, I want to. Are these basically like office type jobs or do you guys also get into the engineering side of things, for example, or technicians or like I need somebody to help me design something, you know, using AutoCAD or something? Is it, is it all inclusive or is it focused more on the business side?
1: Yeah, I mean as a as a startup, small business 6 7 years ago and and still now to this day like we've always had to figure out obviously an idea and a and a solution like this has lots of different channels it can be applied to but we really needed to focus on areas that we were seeing the most traction. So our natural early adopters um, are our business and technology programs. So business schools often have case competitions. They're they they have they're kind of familiar with that capstone model. So a lot of business schools were either already doing this and needed a better way to manage it, and that's really where our, our product comes in, and, and or needed a, a, a way to grow it and scale it by connecting with employers outside of their own backyard. And so we have a lot, like business school is definitely one of our kind of deepest areas. So within business schools, marketing, strategy, competitive analysis, uh, operations, HR, recruitment, talent is a big, um, a big issue for a lot of businesses these days. So working on uh, projects and kind of research and innovation around how to improve talent and recruitment efforts for business. Um, so those are that's kind of where we started. It's evolved quickly into technology data analytics is probably our fastest growing area. So I'm a small business owner and I have a lot of data on customers or website data or whatever it may be, but I don't necessarily have the time or bandwidth or in-house capabilities to analyze it or visualize it or make kind of references from it and decisions from it. Like, hey, why not work with a team of students doing uh, their master's or their undergraduate in data analytics guided through their faculty member where they can actually – work with uh, your real data and help you kind of navigate that. Um, It is expanding into engineering. That is definitely a a new growth area. Um, We're also seeing a lot of expansion into kind of the design world, communications, uh, grant proposal writing, market research. How do you get these experiences into some of the other disciplines on campus that historically haven't had as many of these um, types of programs uh, in arts and humanities, social sciences, where students have a lot of uh, research, writing, communication, analytical skills. Um, so how do you create an experience for them that's also able to help the business as well?
0: What about mass communications? Have you guys done anything in mass communications? Like what we're doing right now, right? How to, how to, how to help yeah. set somebody up a, a podcast, first off. How do you do that? How do you set up a, a YouTube channel? And that's actually going to do something instead of just have your mom, brother, and sister as followers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're starting to work with a lot of media programs. So, uh, Florida international university, university of Florida, the Gators, they have a few really interesting media programs that are using us. I mean, the trick with the, uh, the projects is always, it's kind of a balance, right? Because if you're a business and you, you need like someone to just do a lot of kind of execution type of work, to get your podcast produced like tomorrow, you might not want to use an in-class project on writing sure. for that just because um, it's a little bit, uh, that's not really, they're still students. They're doing these projects sure. for course credit
0: and learning, um, you yeah. might want
1: to hire. Yeah, exactly. And and you might want to hire a kind of a freelancer to help you actually get that version stuff done. But if you're looking at ways to expand your uh, audience or new channels or new ways that you can be growing your, your, digital marketing efforts for example Uh, a project working with a course and and a program that is is literally learning the latest and greatest in those areas is a great way to connect with a team of students and have five or six students in that program do learn your business learn your space learn what your competitors are doing learn what you're doing today and then based on all of that come up and make recommendations on things you could be doing to drive certain metrics
0: okay Very cool. So do you guys offer tools as well as part of this? For example, um, let's say somebody wanted to learn how to do agile uh, software development. Um, Do you guys offer a tool as part of Ripen or do do the students come up with those ideas of, hey, let's use this product or whatever for trying to help you out or, or how does that work?
1: Yeah. So like in terms of kind of like, yeah, I, I, not not directly i mean the the benefit of these programs is that the educators they're 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 literally teaching these in courses right so So, the educators themselves are typically experts in the fields that they're teaching and so they're kind of guiding the students on best practices and 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 often those are project like nowadays there's dozens of tools for every little thing so for a small business owner sometimes identifying what does that landscape look like and how are they all different and what is the best one for me that could be a project in its own is like just do a a landscape of all the different solutions out there that could be my CRM or that could be my um, kind of uh, digital marketing uh, management tool right so um, we don't actually like say, "Hey, you should use this. You should use that." These are the offerings. Um, there's lots of other ways to to go about. It. Does that is that answer your question?
0: No, it does. I just didn't know if uh, Ripen itself had like tools within Ripen that that they that they can use to help out. And, and after break, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. I'm curious. Um, there's there's a couple questions I want to ask you about kind of tools as well. So. Um, Let's, uh, let's take a, a quick break and then we'll be right back. And I wanna hear about the story, okay? We'll be right back.
1: This podcast
0: is brought to you by Chaffa, the Colorado Housing and Finance Authority. Since 1974, Chaffa has strengthened Colorado by investing in community development and affordable housing. Chaffa's community development team partners with lenders across the state to offer the financing you need to grow your business. Talk to your local lender about Chaffa's Cash Collateral Support Program, which helps small and medium-sized businesses access capital that would otherwise be unavailable due to collateral shortfalls. To learn more, visit chfainfo.com. Welcome back to this week's Smallest Guys Podcast. This week, I have something very exciting. We are here with um, Dave Savory. He is the vice president... Um, and co-founder of Ripen, a a base. Uh, where are you guys based out of? Sorry, Dave. What, what was what what town are you guys based out of?
1: I, I'm personally based in Vancouver, British Columbia. But okay, we are remote. We have people all over uh, North America.
0: So let's just say they're based out of Canada. Does that sound okay? <laughs> so sure, yeah. sounds good. I'll, and by the way, everybody thinks that I'm from Canada too. They make fun of me. Um, they're always say, you're from Southern Canada. I'm actually from North Dakota, so they're like, Yeah, you're oh, from nice. that's just southern Canada. Eh? I'm like, No, it's it's not, but it's the same. So <laughs> it's all good. Cool.
1: I uh, the, I've been there many the, times up in the Canada. University, so. the, the University of North Dakota is one of our best academic partners. Yeah, they're um, it's amazing. It's really,
0: well, UND yeah. and NDSU up they're amazing, both both amazing universities. Um competition Absolutely. is strong up there too, so so okay. Dave, we, I want to know about the story. How did you come up with Ripen? Who uh, Tell me the story. Was it on a napkin? Was it at the bar? Was it in college? Where, what's the story?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I don't know how much time we have. So I'll give the the cliff notes. But um, no, I mean, Ripen really came out of our undergraduate program. We were in a business program, myself, um, Dana, and uh, Jordan, our CTO, and Dana, our CEO. And essentially, we were in a program, uh, Dana and I were in a business program that had work-integrated learning embedded into it. So we basically had to go do, they call it co-op, but we had to go do an internship as a student um, for eight months. And it's, it was mandatory. Everyone had to do it as a requirement for the program. And we still felt at the end of that experience like we weren't quite prepared to transition into, uh, into the workforce. Um, and student thinking like as a, students in a program that actually had that built into it Still not feeling that it, we were adequately ready to transition into the workforce, we started looking at our like how could we have ha- increased our our chances or our probability, our career preparedness throughout our um, throughout our uh, degree uh, more, and, and we kept coming back to projects. We had to do dozens of projects in our program, mandatory for course credit, where we got thrown into uh, groups. And the projects were worth 50 or 60% of the whole grade of the course. Um, and you work hard on them. You demonstrate a lot of real-world skills that employers are very interested in being able to assess. Um, teamwork, communication, collaboration, leadership. Um, and, and we did produce kind of like valuable uh, types of insights and research and recommendations. But it was kind of trapped in, in the academic bubble. Uh, Once you got your grade, that project never went anywhere. And we just felt that that was really a missed opportunity for connecting with industry, Uh, whether that's small business, charities, nonprofits, startups, large enterprises. um, The projects we were doing were real world, like they could be applicable to industry partners. So we started talking to hundreds of professors uh, across uh, North America and just asking them like, hey, why aren't we doing Why isn't more of this happening? This was back in 2012. Um, The landscape and the environment is changing um, significantly, which is very encouraging and exciting to see. But the number one uh, reason, uh, educators who were passionate about this space, who, who said why they weren't doing it, was just they didn't have the capacity and the bandwidth to go out and find companies, build relationships, scope out projects, every semester they were teaching their course. And similarly, when we were talking to businesses, um, they love the idea of more flexible, kind of customizable ways to collaborate with oh, emerging yeah. talent on projects that are relevant, that are keeping them up at night. But they didn't know how to connect to a media program or digital marketing program or data analytics course. Unless they had a personal connection with a professor, um, how do you connect to that? Other, they knew where to go if they wanted to hire a graduate. Um, as a full-time role, but how do you go and do kind of a more shorter-term, flexible type of project? And so that was kind of our light bulb moment. If we could figure out a way to remove barriers in connecting um, the industry and the academic community in that sense, how much um, more of an impact would learners in those programs um, have in terms of getting the ability? It's almost like killing two birds with one stone, where they're, get, they're doing these projects for course credit, but now they're also – building their network. They're building up a portfolio of experience. They're actually applying the learning in the class to a real world situation. So they're, it's a lot more engaging. Um, and they're really developing kind of skills in real time that they can leverage for their, their career paths.
0: Very cool. I, yeah. So you were still in school when you guys actually started doing this or how does that work? I mean,
1: yeah, we were in a, an entrepreneurship specialization. So basically, it's the last semester of, of our program, okay. a four-year program. And it was one of kind of three or four tracks. There was like accounting, international business, entrepreneurship. And we all, myself and Dana and a few others chose entrepreneurship um, because basically, you come up with a business idea at the start of the semester. You form a group and you go through kind of, um, uh, kind of the discovery and Planning and, and early stage planning of putting together what the the problem is, what the solution is, what the potential business model is, and then at the end of the semester, instead of writing an exam, you actually pitch to um, a panel, kind of like a Shark Tank uh, ex- experience, and that's what you got your grade on. So it's kind of a unique way to do our last semester of our, our degree, and our uh, and and that's where it really came out of. That was the idea. Like, how do you help? students get more hands-on experience um, throughout their education. And we actually won a, a, a young entrepreneurship um, competition. We won a $10,000 grant, which at the time we thought was a ton of money to launch a business. But well, here in college, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. And it, it really kind of gave us the the incentive and the confidence to take it out of the classroom once we graduated and, and really start to uh, incorporate, build our early foundations and go out and really start to, um, to launch the, the product.
0: Nice. So, so did, I mean, I'm guessing you guys got an A in this class when you guys presented
1: ripen. <laughs> uh, I or, think we did. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's been a while.
0: I was yeah. say, it'd be better if you guys flunked the class and then now you can go back to the professor <laughs> and say, Hey, look, we told you, this is a great idea. Look where we are today. I'm sure that it was <laughs> okay. not, it's not without blood, sweat and tears though, either.
1: No, it's, it's been a journey. I mean, we've, um, we, we, we had to, I I mean, graduating school, coming out of university, we all kind of had part-time jobs for a while to kind of pay the bills. And then after a while, um, we recognized like it was time to go full time. And, um, and, uh, so a few of us quit our jobs. Uh, we lost a couple other partners who were just like, this isn't the right fit for me and sure. which is totally fair. Um, so we quit our jobs. And we actually were very, um, like Dana and I are, are very kind of partnership, business development focused, leadership focused. And, and we were getting, there was no shortage of people who were interested in 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 talking with us and, and having meetings with us because it, it's something that resonates with almost everyone. You talk to a parent, it resonates about their kids. You talk to a student, it resonates about um, kind of, how they're going to get at their first job. You talk to a business owner and they're always worried about finding the right talent for mm-hmm. their business. You talk to um, anyone who was in school, like you said at the start of the call, like I wish that was around when I was uh, when I was in college or in in, in in school. So we were really good at being able to get people aware, like it's something that kind of touched a button and not, and throughout the process of talking to literally thousands of educators deans ceos business owners students investors not one person said it was a bad idea (laughs) so that kind of gave us the but there everyone kind of had a slightly different interpretation of how to solve the problem so we we actually leveraged um kind of incubators and accelerator programs we were actually in about 12 or 13 of them across north america in in a five-year period so one day uh, maybe uh, when we have some more time we'll, we'll write a book about the experience of, of each of them and the pros and cons of how you can leverage them but um, when we when we did finally decide to quit our jobs and go full-time in March 2015 uh, we got into a program in Toronto so we moved across the country Vancouver to Toronto lived in a in a little basement suite and we're eating kind of craft dinner that old kind of startup stereotype and um, really kind of used the program to connect with some some mentors and some people in the education space to help us get our first few clients in terms of uh pilots and that really launched us down the path of building out the academic uh revenue stream and that led us to an accelerator program in new york city uh edge which um, no longer exists but it was an education technology accelerator program which really helped us meet a whole new group of mentors and advisors and, and clients and Um, following that we were in Boston and then back to Vancouver. So it was, uh, it it has been a long journey. And if we had more time, maybe one day over a beer, we can uh, go a bit deeper. (laughs) Hey,
0: uh, most definitely sign me up. I want to read your book. I want to be the first. As a matter of fact, I want to, uh, see it before it goes out. I can help you out, you know, do something. I don't know. Uh, count the pages or something, but, uh, uh, no, I, I love accelerators and I love that story. Um, I'm all about stories. Um, I love the story aspect of things. Um, how you get to from point A to point B was one of your hardest issues as a small business to get that first, to figure out the business model, right? Because you, you mentioned you talked to hundreds and hundreds of professors and they all thought it was a great idea. Students thought it was a great idea because the money's not coming out of their pocket, right? That's what I was, for me, it always boils down to starting a new business is who's my customer base? How am I going to sell this? Yeah. the So the, you know, the professors, of obviously they're going to love it, but, they don't have a, the professor doesn't have a budget to make this happen usually, right? Um, or yeah. at probably most universities. Um, so you now have to engage with a whole different aspect at university and that's the academia side and the, you know, the the management side. Um, did, and is that kind of what the accelerators kind of helped you out with then?
1: Yeah, they definitely helped us like formulate kind of what, a potential revenue stream could be. I mean at the time we had we we did have a couple different ideas on on monetizing the industry and everyone kind of had a different idea and recommendations on how to build the first business models whether it's the industry side whether it's the students paying whether it's the schools paying and I, I mean ultimately we we really learned okay where is the biggest pain point in terms of kind of And solutions and who, what types of people in the university are thinking about employability and thinking about career development, thinking about students who are, and as the landscape, everyone's heard of the the skills gap that gets talked about all the time, as that started to really accelerate over the last few years, um, schools are really investing in these solutions and there's lots of different ways to do it. Ripen's not the only way for sure. But once we started connecting with um, leaders and kind of early adopters who were trying to solve these issues at the institution level, um, we built strong relationships. And as an early stage startup at the time, it's not like we could show our 20 years of experience of doing this in the market as a way to get our first partners. We had to really, um, build trust, build relationships, and ha- and, and almost like finding a, an angel investor, like they're investing in you and the team, and yeah. and the the confidence that they are gonna that they're believing in you to solve that problem, and and really involve them in that early product development in terms of ha- using their feedback and their ideas to incorporate that into the solution. Really helped us build um, strong partnerships, yeah. and and we still that still lives in us today, or even. Eight
0: years later, and I would say that would probably be key. I think I think that's where the golden nugget lies is is getting them to help, right? Not just say, "Hey, I got a problem, fix it for me," um, but you got to find yeah. that that one or two that are saying, "Hey, I got a problem. I want to help solve this. Um, and I'll be your advocate. I'll be your you know what what I would call a product owner, right? Of saying, okay, so I need something to do this, this, this." Um, bounce ideas off me, right? And then I'll take it back to my people and we'll figure out. Hey, is this going to work for us or not work for us or whatever? So I really like that. Um, talk me through. Well, before we get off the story, because I like the story. Ripen. I, I would have not have spelled ripen that way. So explain the word ripen to me. And it's, it's for those viewers out there. It's R-I-I-P-E-N, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So,
0: explain ripen. What does it mean? What? Where did that come from? I mean, is this a fruit thing? What is it?
1: <laughs> well, um, uh, so ripen, right, coming, solving this problem, and coming at it from really the student lens. When we were in our business, in our program, um, when you think of kind of talent who's going to school and investing in their education and they're trying to become ready for the workforce and ready to be employable. So you're not, you, you are kind of in a, in, from a metaphorical sense, ripening. And so similarly with businesses, they are growing their workforce, they're investing in talent, they're trying to um, kind of develop talent. So ripening is really kind of a, a metaphor for growing and developing and, and, and mentorship. And when you're ready for the workforce and you graduate, you're ripe and you're ready to, to launch your career. Um,
0: I like it. So very unique. Um, okay. So what about, uh, tools, what tools do you guys use? I'm curious from, from your leadership team, management team, what tools do you guys use to manage your, your business? I mean, you're, I'm assuming you guys are still considered a small business.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely are. We're, I think 90 to hundred full-time employees. So, I mean, we're, we're past that kind of founder five, 10 employee type stage, (laughs) but we're still definitely, um, we're still very lean and agile. And um, yeah, I mean, tools, we use dozens, probably too many tools. Sometimes you'd say, some people would say we have tool fatigue, but I mean, we're, we're G suite. We, everything starts kind of with G suite in terms of Google docs, Google sheets, um, calendar, all that stuff, pretty standard. Uh, Slack HubSpot, HubSpot is our go-to CRM and, uh, we've been using it for like since the beginning, and oh, HubSpot's nice. actually. Um, are you familiar with HubSpot?
0: I, I am. Um, so, just a, a quick story. Um, back in the day, a few years ago, um, before I got the current job that I'm, I'm I'm in right now, or my current career, I had um, I worked as a full time business development director for a company. Awesome, um, but I was working by myself, remote, three thousand miles away from the rest of the team. Um, I am not a remote person. I hate working from home. I much rather be in person, in office with around people. Um, I love BD because I love talking with people, but doing it by yourself um, out of your house is really difficult. And then going through the COVID thing with it, it's almost, it feels virtually impossible, like an impossible uphill battle. And then on top of it, I had went to the, my leadership and said, Hey, what, what do you guys use for CRM tool? Right? Cause that's kind of like BD one oh one is you need some type of CRM tool. And I got the quintessential small business answer. We use Excel, right? I I just use Excel to track everything I'm going after. It's a tool. It works. um, But it's not a database. It's not an active database. It's not a way to really sift through things real quick. So I went out and looked. I looked at HubSpot. I looked at uh, Salesforce. I looked at lots of other different tools, right, that are out there. Uh, The problem I had is I didn't have a budget. So... As an engineer, my trade, my, my undergrad, is a double E. I've got software development background. I've got lots of different things, system engineering. Um, so because I do have that technical background, I don't wait around usually. I have, I have a real tough time waiting. So if I go to somebody and say, hey, I need you to buy me Salesforce, and it's going to cost X amount per year, without before they drop dead and, and try to think about how much that's going to cost the company, um, I simply went and built my own. So... I built my own right. CRM tool from ground up, and now that CRM tool is being used by multiple different companies. Um, so, and I I take that tool cool. with me wherever I go, and gave it to the company that I'm currently at, saying, "Hey, you here's what I built. Do you guys want to use this?" And they're like, "You you built it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course." It, they're like, "Well, that's not normal for a BD person to do. Just build your own CRM tool, but." Uh, like I said, I'm not your normal person, I guess, either. So, so yeah, I built my own. But, yeah, I, I did look into all of them, but out of necessity, right? You have to do something that you can afford. And free is better than paid uh, when you're first starting out and trying to get that sold up.
1: No, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, we we started – we chose HubSpot in 2014 or whenever it was um, because it was free for startups. <laughs> They're yeah. a great business model. They get you in. They get you using it. And then as you – start to, to use it more, and, and their whole model's based on the number of contacts that yeah. you have um, in the database, and we have now several hundred thousand contacts, So all, but it didn't happen overnight. It happened yeah. over time, so all of a sudden, you're kind of gradually um, paying more money every year, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what? We're paying this much yeah. money for, for well, this tool, and um, the, the switching costs become kind of... They, you don't get trapped, but you, it, it, almost the overhead of switching is. Yeah. You kind of want to keep investing in it, right? Uh-huh.
0: It is, and and that's where that's why that's those types of companies' business models, right? I mean, it used to be. I know companies out there um, for a CRM tool. It was not unheard of for a, for a company mid to large size company to have to pay a hundred thousand dollars a year for their CRM database. That's you know, it sounds like a lot. To, to me, uh, to a, especially to a startup, right? I mean, no, I don't know a single startup that can afford $100,000 a year for a CRM for one tool. Um, but, you know, when you grow into a billion-dollar organization, you yeah, know, it's cost of doing business too, right? I mean, and you have distributed teams, and, and now that collaboration becomes invaluable. So um, I really like those types of things. So I'm curious, G Suite, why would you go G Suite instead of the Microsoft Suite?
1: Uh, I mean, again, like we started this a long time ago. It was free, it was user friendly. I mean, the collab, I, I haven't used Microsoft as, as much, obviously, other than just like Word and kind of Excel yeah. and stuff, PowerPoint. But I mean, what I love about G Suite uh, is the collaboration ability to it. You could, A, you can use it anywhere in terms of where your access to the web. But yep. um, we have, as you grow teams and bring more t- people onto the, uh, onto the team and even externally when you're working on stuff with uh, a potential partner, you're trying to close in a a partnership with, um, the collaboration effort of kind of Google docs and Google sheets and Google Excel, having multiple people working in the same, um, in the same document and commenting and collaborating is at least for us, it's, 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 it's world-class and it's been, it's been excellent. So awesome.
0: Well, Dave, this has been a huge pleasure. I appreciate this. What uh, and Likewise. this is not going to be our last conversation, I promise that. Um, well, what how how can people get a hold of you guys? What's the website?
1: Yeah, lots of different lots of different ways. Okay. uh r i i to us pe Uh if you're a business, go check out some of the opportunities uh, from our academic partners. There's new ones going up okay. all the time. Uh, you can sign up for free, start posting projects uh, and getting connected to those programs if you're interested. Um, yeah, I mean, my email is Dave at Reitman dot com. It's pretty simple. So if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, always happy to have a chat. I'm also on on LinkedIn as well.
0: OK, well, that sounds awesome. Um, and then, Dave, I, I don't know, we we, uh, we will touch base again later on because there's there's just a lot to unpack here. But at the same time, I want to make sure I'm um, uh, being cognizant of your time um and others out there as well and I, you know
1: yeah just one last thing we just launched a really exciting program for small businesses and entrepreneurs in Arizona with the small business development center um, and the uh, Maricopa Community College District. And it's a little bit different than our model. It's actually co-curricular. It's outside of the curriculum, so it's not for credit. And there are stipends. Um, There's We have a funding partner who's actually funding stipends for small businesses to do... The program's called Aero Advancing Entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurs Ready for Opportunities. Um, I can share the website with you after. But essentially, uh, right now it's just for Arizona businesses, but basically businesses can sign up and get a um thousand dollar stipend to do a project with a a supplier
0: well no that sounds awesome definitely get that information we'll get all this information posted on our website at www.thesmalls.org um and we will get all your information out there we'll put links to all your guys' sites as well on on the show notes here and uh, then also how to get a hold of you as well so people can uh Get out there, get signed up, get some projects out going and uh, help out both Dave and the ac- academia side and all those students as well. And uh, Dave, been a pleasure. Is there anything else you want to say as, as, on the closing side?
1: No, that's great. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to connect with the audience. And um, yeah, like I mentioned, if anyone wants to ever have a conversation or a virtual coffee, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Most definitely. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, till next week, this is Just Nate signing off. Thanks for, listening. Thanks for listening.
1: You've reached the end of another episode of the Smalls Cast podcast. Connect with us at thesmalls.org. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. See you at the next episode.